Welcome to In Focus, a discussion of current issues affecting our economy, featuring a review of the latest research and analysis from the Washington Research Council. Hello and welcome to In Focus, a weekly podcast from the Washington Research Council. I'm Mary Strau, the Communications Director and Research Analyst for the Council. Uh, with me today is Chris Showbloom, who is the Research Director and Senior Economist, as well as Emily Makings, who is our Senior Research Analyst. Uh, we're going to kick off today with Emily, who will be talking about the uh, state's annual average wage and uh, some news we've had on that. Right. A few weeks ago, the Employment Security Department reported that Washington's average annual wage increased 4.2% last year to $54,829. This is significant for um, Washington um, citizens and employers because it impacts the level of unemployment insurance benefits and taxes, as well as workers' compensation benefits. So because of the increase in the average annual wage, the minimum weekly unemployment benefit will increase from $151 to $158, and the maximum benefit will increase from $637 to $664. And the... um, Unemployment insurance benefits are regularly high in Washington compared to other states, so this is just increasing that. Also, in 2016, unemployment taxes will be paid by employers on the first $44,000 of an employee's wages. This is the taxable wage base, and it's an increase from $42,100 in 2015 when it was the highest in the country, as it regularly is. And then as far as workers' compensation goes, the Department of Labor Industries announced that benefits will increase by 4.2% for fiscal year 2016. And the average or the maximum monthly benefit will increase to $5,483 from $5,264. But less than 4% of claimants get the maximum, apparently. So that's the news there. All right, and Chris, what do you have? So, um, um, so we're kind of in a, interestingly relatedly, um, in uh, last uh, Thursday, just before the um, the Fourth of July holiday, we got the monthly uh, national employment uh, report, uh, which showed that um, um, from uh, May to June, um, the U.S. economy added. Uh, 223,000 jobs. Um, the uh, employment numbers for April and uh, uh, um, and May were reduced, uh, uh, adjusted down. Uh, the April number is now uh, 187,000, um, and the May number is uh, 254,000. Uh, averaging across the three months, the uh, national economy has been adding uh, added uh, uh, 221,000 jobs per month, which is a, a nice moderate pace. Uh, um, our expansion is still going on um, on well. Uh, the um, um, unemployment rate uh, uh, for June nationally is estimated to be uh, 5.3%. Uh, I can remember uh, a number of years ago when we thought 6% was full employment. So 
So that is good. There's still a number of discouraged workers out there who need to be drawn back into the labor force. Uh, so we still have a ways to go before we really think come back to, to full health. Uh, but the the recovery is uh, continuing a pace at the national level. What was interesting is one of the interesting from that report is that year over year for the nation as a whole, um, average hourly earnings are um, up only two percent, um, suggesting that you know, the number that Emily uh, was citing for the for you for Washington from a slightly different source, but but at four point two percent suggests that we're um, doing better here than the nation as a whole. There's, on the national level, there's been a lot of uh, worry that uh, job that impl- um, that wages have not been growing. Uh, uh, at a sufficiently high rate, uh, but uh, we seem to be seeing evidence that things are better here in Washington. Um, other reports um, um, from last week uh, at the national level, we got uh, uh, an initial claims um, uh, um, number of, uh, of uh, which showed uh, uh, initial claims for unemployment insurance of 281,000 uh, nationally, well below the uh, kind of the the, the 300,000 uh, threshold, which people think of as a as a dividing line between you know really good and, and then just and de- and then just decent on the initial claims. Um, at the same time, uh, similarly for Washington, uh, the initial claims number uh, on a on a four week average basis uh, was about six thousand one hundred and fifty six. Uh, th- this is not seasonally adjusted. The uh, the national level is seasonally adjusted, and 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 at that level, we're seeing claims that uh, at a level that. Um, or I uh, have not seen been seen since before the uh, Great Recession. So again, Washington is looking pretty good. Uh, the last measure that uh, that I, I would report on is uh, something that came out today on the national level. Um, it is uh, sort of an esoteric uh, month uh, uh, report that comes out of the Bureau of Labor Statistics called the Job Openings and Labor Turnover. Um, um, summary. Um, and um, um, this uh, report showed that uh, the number of job openings um, available um, at the end of May nationally was 5.4 million, which is the largest number of job, job openings ever recorded in this survey, uh, which was initially uh, initiated in uh, um, in. December of 2000, but that's a very good number. And, and, and actually, in this survey, there some uh, is interesting because they are, they do estimates of the number of job openings, uh, the number of folks who have been hired with new jobs, and the number of folks who have um, left a job either voluntarily or involuntarily. Um, and in, in in the month of May, um, there were uh, the over the number of new hires was 5 million. Uh, and the number of, of separations uh, was 4.7 million. And leaving with this survey, you know, a, a, an increase of, of 300,000, given the rounding, you know, that goes on here, that was somewhat different. But, but the point there is that when you look at the labor market, there's an awful lot going on. People leaving jobs, people 
people getting jobs, um, and the difference, which we often often uh, focus on with the monthly employment part, the difference between those the people, the new jobs, and the and the and the, and the separations, is actually a very small number relative to the overall activity and churning that's going on there. So it looks like some pretty good news out there. Yeah, it's it's you know we've we've had a long period of good news. Mm-hmm. We we can't we've come from a from at the depths of the Great Recession. We felt that we were coming from a pretty low slow level, um, but we we're a long ways into a recovery. It's been kind of slow but mm-hmm. steady progress. Anything else? Um, that's it for me. All right. Well, um, I wanted to tack on um, on a slightly different uh, subject. Um, as we record this, uh, the state of our transportation funding package is a bit in limbo. Um, the state legislature has approved the f- the revenue portion. Um, so the gas tax increase, various fee increases and whatnot. Um, but yet to be passed are the bonding bill as well as the actual spending bill with all of the projects. Um, however, in the meantime, the governor has signed a number of transportation reforms that, um, if all goes well, should help reduce the costs and speed up the uh, completion of uh, transportation projects that are uh, spearheaded by the state. Um, So just in a nutshell to go through some of those, um, and some of these have been discussed before, uh, one of them is changing bidding and contracting for new ferry construction. So it's changing the way um, that ferries are not only bid on, but designed. Um, It's also relaxing the made in Washington requirement where if the first proposal that comes in um, is 5% above WashDOT's estimate, um, then WashDOT can go out of state for a bid. Um, A couple of different bills uh, limiting and expediting the permitting process, um, streamlining the permitting process just so we can get these projects done in a more timely manner and we're not waiting and waiting and waiting for things to be approved, Um, adding congestion relief and freight mobility to our state transportation goals, Um, implementing what is called uh, design-build construction for projects over 10 million um, and design build is when um, an entity another entity does all of the designing and building on their own without the input from from wash dot is that correct Emily yeah um, and so that just helps move the process along more quickly and um, theoretically keeps costs down um, also the governor signed a bill to expedite the repair or replacement of structurally deficient bridges so we saw when the I-5 bridge over the Skagit River um, collapsed that there was an emergency clause that went into effect and things got done really quickly. And so what they're saying with this bill is if there are bridges that are meet the threshold of being structurally deficient, um, then that ex- the expediting of that process can go forward. And finally, um, implementing, implementing a cost-saving approach that's called practical design um, in uh, transportation projects. WashDOT is already 
um, has already started incorporating this into their process, but this formalizes it. And practical design is simply looking for cost savings as you're designing the project and uh, getting input from everybody about how we can keep costs down, how you can streamline the process. Um, and so, again, this just puts it into law that this is going to be the official policy of WashDOT. So those are a few of the reforms that the governor just signed um, on Monday. Um, and then we will wait and see what happens with the overall transportation package. So if that's it, I think we're all done here. Thank you, guys. And we'll talk to all of you uh, next time. In Focus is a production of the Washington Research Council, dedicated to providing timely, credible research and policy analysis supporting economic vitality and private sector job creation. Your tax-deductible investment allows our work to continue. For more information, go to researchcouncil.org.